good, you'll be in for a fight, and we fight pretty good. Getting goals is our job, and we get goals good. Looking good, we are Carlisle United. Carlisle United, the team that's on the ball. Carlisle United, the team for one and all. You're looking good, and we're with you all the way. You'll hear us singing every time you play. All we want is a game of football. It's all we're asking for. 90 minutes of football, just just to watch Cal United play. It's not much, is it, Mike, is it, really? Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Brunton Bugle. <laughs> we're here for another episode where we're going to preview a game. I mean, preview a game, hopefully, that'll actually happen. But, you know, here we are, your, your one-stop shop for Cal United news and views. From Tony Shepard to Steve Soley and Pop Robson to Bill Rafferty, we've got it covered. This is episode 34, and today, I think as you said there, basically, I think it's just going to be 60 minutes of me and Mike praying in various denominations to whatever deity we can in the hope that an actual game of bloody football will take place this weekend. Um, and as usual, we'll have the usual roundup of news and view, uh, views and um, what X United players have been getting up to as well, as well as a little quiz as well. I've got another quiz for you today, Mike, so we'll, uh, we'll go with that. Uh, as I've mentioned there, I'm joined by Mike Booth, one of my regular co-hosts. Mate, how's it going? Yeah, it's going all right. You know, just... Praying and hoping, you know, have to do if we're going to do a rain dance in the living room to keep the rain away from Brunton Park this weekend, I'll do it because I'm desperate think, now. I don't think rain's ever going to be a problem at Brunton Park because I can't remember the last time we had a game called off for a waterlog pitch. I think it was 2006, other than the floods, obviously, because mm. that's just extreme waterlogging, to be fair. I think that's the way you describe yeah. that. But yeah, it's oh, I just, I mean, I, I mentioned it in the preview that we've, we've done at the start of the week. I said, you know, their pitch is always a bit dodgy and. Part of me thought, ah, I'd be fine though this time. And then we started hearing on Tuesday morning, there was whispers it was potentially in danger. And then got the news at lunchtime, didn't we? And well, as we mm. mentioned, it sounded like the players travelled down on the day. So things were a little bit different anyway. So they were able to get back. But just frustrating, isn't it, after that long out? But obviously it gives them another, a full week basically to get some training as well, which just help. I guess, yeah, and a, and a home game is probably better than uh, playing at Newport as well. So... Maybe there's a silver lining to this cloud. Yeah, I think that's that's the way to look at it, isn't it, really? Uh, okay, well, let's get straight into it then. Let's do, cover some news. There's, there's only one bit of news, really, this week. Um, it's one that sort of broke not long after, well, the day after, I think it was, we um, we recorded the pod. So uh, it's, it's the fact that Max Hunt has competed his uh, permanent move to Yeovil. So I, I, I think it's probably going to be the last bit of transfer news we'll hear in this window, barring any injuries or silly money offers for players. Um so yeah, he's, he's completed a permanent move to Yeovil Town, uh, six foot six inch centre back. He found chan- chances hard to come by really since he moved from Derby County to United last January. But I'd say he certainly looked a decent prospect in the games he played, didn't he, Mike? Yeah, he didn't look a bad play, and yeah, I think he's just unlucky that the players that we do have in that position are better. It's not that he wasn't good enough; it's just that other players are better, really. Yeah, I seem to remember he made his debut, didn't he? I think we went to the game, didn't it? It was against Oldham. Oldham, Last yeah. season, yeah, it was a cracking day out we had there. Where Beck came in for the me, you and Johnny, didn't it? And uh, yeah. Johnny managed to ruin his trainers on some oil in a, <laughs> a bit of wasteland while trying to go for a wee, which is a... Uh, that's Johnny, that's your you shout out for this week, Johnny. I'm sure you'll be delighted to hear that one because we've been rinsing it for him for, for about uh, 12 months since, haven't we, really? So uh, yeah. there you go. Yeah, so obviously, Hunt, he initially actually signed for... The Glovers on loan on Boxing Day. 
He had a debut to remember when they were hammered by tabletoppers Torquay. But actually, the return fixture was only a few days late. You forget they do this in the conference, don't they? They have those derby fixtures of Christmas like we had with Morecambe. And then they basically play the same fixture again over New Year. Mm. Um, and they actually won the reverse fixture. And he seemingly, they've had a bit of a revival and started to move up the table because they were struggling down near the bottom. And I think he's played a big part in that by all accounts. Um, he's signed a contract with them until the summer of 2022. doesn't sound like a transfer fee has been involved, but I'd imagine we've probably just said he can go for free, but there's a maybe like a 25%, 30% sell-on clause in there in case he does turn we, out to be... We love a sell-on clause. Oh, yeah. Absolute <laughs> bastard for a sell-on clause, haven't we? But there you go. Um, okay, before we get into the match preview stuff... Um, First up, uh, reminder of the Bobble Hat competition. You'll see the deadline for this is Sunday night at midnight. Um, so if you've been listening to the last couple of episodes, you'll know that we've, uh, we're have we currently running a competition with our friends from footballbobbles.com for the chance to win a Cal United 94-95 Walling Bobble Hat, courtesy, uh, well, courtesy of our friends at footballbobbles.com. Um, this follows up on the, re- the reversible bucket hat, which they released last September and is obviously named after the legendary United defender Dean Walling. Um, so we've got one hat to give away as well as four run-up prizes which are Cal United 94 and 95 uh, pin badges we'll also give one of those badges to the winner of the hat too um, to be in the chance of winning just answer this really easy question uh, in October 1997 after 296 appearances and 29 goals for the club Dean Walling was sold by United owner Michael Knighton much to the anger of the Blue Army faithful but to which club did Knighton sell Dino? Um to enter, you just got to post your answer either on the Facebook post for this episode on the Be Just and Fear Not Facebook group. You can either reply to us on Twitter or you can email bruntabugle at gmail.com. As I mentioned, the competition closes on Sunday the 31st of January. It's a really easy one to answer because everyone else has put the answer in the obviously comments on the Facebook post. So not tough, just just literally just, just post the answer in there and you, you're in a chance of winning. And we'll draw it uh, on the next episode uh, next week when we'll be previewing the I think it's the Cheltenham and the uh, Harrogate games, I think. I think or the so, Leighton yeah. Orient. One of the two, anyway. I can't remember which midweek game we've got. Coming. got so many games coming up in the near future. I just can't remember. <laughs> um, so that's the quiz. Sorry, the uh, competition covered. So, Mike, it's now time for the quiz. Now, what I'm going to do is going to ask this question, but I'm going to give you a bit of thinking time over the episode, and we'll come back to it after we do the X-Files stuff at the end of the episode. Yeah. So I've been doing a little bit of a digging this week and looking and seeing. I'm just curious, thinking about, you know, Cal United players have played in cup finals um, or for other clubs, obviously, for major cup finals. I had a look back and it turns out there's been, I think it's 16 different players who've played in the League Cup final since 1990, including 1990, who've also played for Cal United at some point in their career or managed Cal United. So either played or managed the club, there's been 16 different players since 1990. Some There's also actually been 21 in total, but some of those are multiple times. So I'll come back to that and ask you at the end of the episode. But I want to know how many of those 16 players you can name. So everyone at home can play along with this as well and try and work out the 16 different players. So we'll come back to that one, Mike. It's, uh, I'm yeah. sure that'll have you scratching your head a little bit, that one. <laughs> there you go. Um, so yeah, we've got no match to, to review again. So let's get straight into the preview, Mike. So... Uh, Basically, two games, home games in a row against two sides from the southwest of England, who we narrowly lost to in the reverse fixtures earlier this season. So, uh, first up, it's United v Exeter this weekend, uh, Saturday the 30th of January. It's a one o'clock kickoff this one. So, nice and early, get out of the way and you can enjoy the rest of your day. Um, referee's Martin Coy, he last ref United 
in the 3-2 win over Colchester earlier this season. I think he gave Colchester a penalty in that game, didn't he, for a handball. I think it was a it was a blatant... When I watched it at the time, when I first saw it, I thought, oh, it looks a bit dodgy, that. But actually, when you watch it back, it is a blatant handball. I think back mm. from McDonald. So there you go. Um, we've done the whole history and stuff about clubs in the first half season. So I'm doing random history and facts about towns in uh, the preview episodes for the second half of the season. So here's some facts about Exeter that I've managed to find out. So... Uh, Exeter Guildhall is apparently the oldest civic building in Britain. Part of the build, parts of the building date back as far as 1160. Uh, Exeter was founded by the Romans, was once called Isca, and was the tribal capital of the Domnorium. Don- I'll get this right. right. Hang on. I should have checked this before I started, really, shouldn't I? It would have been the best thing to do. Mm. Domnoriums. Domnoriums. There you go. I think I've got it third time of asking. Um... <laughs> There are seven other places around the world called Exeter, including towns in Canada, Pennsylvania, and Illinois. Uh, Exeter, Illinois. Illinois. Thank, <laughs> you. Thank you for correcting my pronunciation there, Mr. I've been to America a few times, but there you go. Um, Exeter was the last place where a woman was trialed and executed for witchcraft, apparently. Interesting one, that. Um, the Royal Clarence Hotel is the oldest in Britain, which was built in 1769, and some parts can be dated back to the 1500s. They like basically saying buildings are old if some parts of it can be dated back to a long period, can't they? Mm. Um, famous people that come from Exeter include J.K. Rowling, Chris Martin, Tommy Cooper, and William Temple, among others. Head-to-heads. Um, Exeter's one of those clubs that are actually ahead of us in Exeter, head-to-heads. So uh, if you're looking at overall games, basically we've won 19 there have been 18 draws and Exeter won 27 times. And when I look back at the actual head-to-head records, we had a long period where we just never seemed to win mm-hmm. against Exeter. Really, really long period that happened for. Um, last time we played, uh, it was quite a tight in car. This wasn't, wasn't it, uh, the first half of the season. When we yeah. played against them. I think they were sort of quite near the top at this point and we were sort of pushing towards the playoffs. Um they nicked it by a single goal scored by Tom Parks, former United defender. Um, Gimme Tory was sent off in this game, uh, rightly sent off for <laughs> his uh, mm. rutting against, uh, I can't remember, was it Jake Taylor? I think it was who was um, challenged him. But it should be noted that the lad did stamp on mm. Torre and got away with it and didn't even get a respective, retrospective ban for it, did he? No. I don't seem to remember. So, a bit of a harsh one, that one. Um they started the season, the Grecians, um, in good form and found themselves in the top three at one point, but spent a decent chunk of time in the playoffs, actually. Um, but their recent drop-off of form has seen them win just one in the last six games, a 3-1 victory over strugglers Stevenage. Uh, the other games were three draws and two defeats, from, and they've dropped down to ninth place in the table on 36 points. They're just three points behind United, but they've played two games more. Um, no team has scored more goals in League 2 than them uh, 44 goals which is 12 more than United have scored even with the extra two games mm. um, the next nearest team is 5 behind on 39 who do you reckon the next nearest team in terms of goals are uh, Mike is it Cambridge it's not Cambridge I thought it was Cambridge but then I looked down the table and spotted someone else who has scored more who do you think it is so you said you've gone down the table so is it uh, Tramme nope Oldham Athletic. Oh, really? Oldham Athletic in 15 play for scored 39 goals. Problem for Oldham is they've also let in 45 goals, which is, <laughs> looking down the table, the worst in the division. <laughs> that tells you a lot, doesn't it? 
second best mm. goal scorers, but actually the the worst defense in the whole division. It's amazing, actually. We look down the table. One of the best defenses in the division is Stevenage. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? Third one. But it's kind of weird the way some things work out, isn't it? So. There you go. Um, I'm going to look at a couple of analytics here. Um, I noticed the Fox Analytics guys uh, done a few, um, a little preview of the game this weekend. So I'm just going to go through a few things and we'll we'll retweet the uh, link to their stuff. It's some really interesting stuff in there, actually. Um, so, I mean, Exeter have got a really good conversion rate in terms of their shots. They take an average 13 shots per game, according to who's scored. Uh, we take 17 per game, but they've obviously scored a lot more goals and it's 12 more goals. So it shows that they're, you know, they take significantly less shots in terms of scoring goals than we do. Mm. Um, a big reason for this is two of their big attacking players, which are Matt Jay and obviously Ryan Bowman, uh, seem to get into really good areas and score quite often. Um, the interesting thing that stood out for me is the fact that they are a high-pressing side as well. Um, much like us, uh, they're second apparently in the league in terms of the, the, the statistic they use. I don't know how it works out in terms of pressing. They come second. Top is United. So... This should be a high-energy game. should be quite an entertaining game. I think the game down there was quite a good game, wasn't it? But even mm. with, it was down to 10 men. Mm. Um, it's, it's one I anticipate. It's one of the ones you're anticipating a lot of goals, but it probably end up being a nil-nil or a one-nil, won't it? It'd just be absolutely typical for there you go. Well, I, I, I can't see that at all, to be honest. I think it's, yeah, I think there's definitely going to be goals in it for yeah. both teams. Yeah. Um, okay, so we'll post the link up to that Fox Analytics article. Well worth a look at. Um their manager is Matt Taylor. I think we've mentioned this before. Converted, he was a started his career as a goalkeeper and was converted to a centre back um, when he moved into non-league football and started his studies at university. Came up through Team Bath, um, their university side who played in the league for a short while. I don't know if they still do. Um, uh, he was a former Exeter player. He actually took over. He was captain of the club. He took over from Paul Tisdale in the summer of 2018. They narrowly missed out on the playoffs in his first season. But he did get them into the playoffs last season in obviously what was a curtailed campaign, but saw them comfortably beaten 4 0 by Northampton Town in the final. I remember watching that game and they really, really were poor in that game. It was quite, it was quite mm. a surprise and quite a disappointment, really, because they've, they've, I think they've made something like four or five of the last playoffs mm. and they still haven't managed to get up and they just don't seem to be able to go over the last hurdle. Um, but in that, in that Northampton game, Northampton managed to stop the opposition from playing and then they played because that's what they do. Well, or did. when <laughs> did, uh, did, did be in the opposite <laughs> way because they're not doing that yeah. this season under Keith Cohen, no, are they? Certainly, certainly not. not. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, they seem to have a bit of faith in him though, uh, the Grecian sport. He's one of the longest serving managers in the league. I think he's fifth longest serving at the moment. Um, he's currently got a win percentage of 44.1% as Grecian boss, which is a pretty decent return, I think it's fair to say. Um, they've got a good mix of experience and quality youngsters in the squad. I think the one who stood out for me, I can't remember if you remember, Mike, from the game, was Randall Williams. He, mm. he looked really impressive on the right wing. I mean, you look at the players they've produced over the years. you likes of uh, Matty Grimes, I think it is, and um, obviously uh, Ampadu, who's at mm. Sheffield United on loan at the moment from Chelsea. Yeah. Some some really really good players and and Jaden Stockley I think he's at Preston who's I don't know if he's done particularly well there or not but he he's one who's done really well at Exeter in the past um, but yeah Williams is one who stands out I picked up some key men here uh, I, I could have picked Tom Parks in the back but I've actually picked Pierce Sweeney he's he's only about five foot eleven I think but he's he's I think converted from right back to centre back and he's he's done a really good job for them there uh, Nicky Law in midfield has always been a quality player at this level and obviously. Williams, who previously mentioned, and Ryan Bowman, one of the two ex-United players in the squad, and Bowman is one of those players in it. 
players who come through our youth system and don't make it to the first team very, very rarely do they then go on to have football league careers, don't they? I can't think of mm. too many in, in the distant past who who have done. I mean, I'm talking about players who, who barely make an appearance. I don't really count Mark Beck because he made a decent number of appearances for us when he came through. Um, yeah. I'm thinking Ben Richards-Everton maybe is the only other one I can think of and he didn't even get a professional contract. And mm. he's now dropped back into the non-league with Barnet having left Bradford recently. Mm. Um, yeah, he's one of those ones, isn't he, Bowman? He's done done really well for himself. And you, you look at him now. I remember when he was when he came through for us, he was like a rake, wasn't he? He was a tall lad, mm. but he was quite skinny. And you look at him now, yeah. he's definitely worked on that. And he's a big, strong target man. And mm. he's getting his rewards now, playing up front I, for them. I remember some of his appearances for us, he'd like, come on off the bench and play on, on the wing. Um, yeah, he was playing. A... It, yeah, and he it get shoved off the ball quite easily, like some young players do. But he seems to have really sort of, you know, learnt his trade in in non league and against bricklayers and what have you, kicking the crap out of him. And he, he seems to be a good rounded football league striker now. Yeah, and he obviously he's had his time down in the southwest and then moved up to Scotland with Motherwell and did really well there by all accounts. Mm. And he's now on his move to Exeter and he's he's doing really well there and he's he's getting his rewards and. Um, yeah, well done to the lad. Um, in terms of team news, <laughs> I, I said this in the last episode, it's really hard to predict, isn't it? It's mm. just, just We don't know who, I mean, we know that Tanner and Divine are both out. Tanner seems to be closing in on a return, potentially. Hopefully, uh, we'll get some good news on that one soon. Um, we know there's a few more, a couple of players possibly still out with COVID from what um, Chris Beach has said this week, so... We'll have to wait and see. I don't think there's any point in trying to work out who it is. No. We'll, we'll find out on Saturday. And mm. the younger member of the squad who's had COVID sounds like he's still struggling and we wish him all the best. Mm. And hopefully mm. he can recover soon. Um, just your general thoughts on this game, Mike. It, 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 I, I think it's potentially, as like you said, that I think it's going to be a really entertaining game, this one. Yeah, I, th- I think that we'll start really well because I think our players have just been absolutely gagging to get out on the pitch and, and play. But I think... It might be one of them similar to other games this season, say like the Newport home game, where we start really well. We have an amazing first half, but then second half it kind of slips a little bit. So I'm going to say 3-2 Carlisle, but I reckon our first goal is going to be in like the first five, ten minutes. Oh, you already got your prediction in there as well. Um, yeah. Who do you reckon the goal scorers then? Um, I reckon John Mellish will get two and Reese Bennett as well. Oh, that's good, good to hear. Um, I, I mean, I went for, I think I went for Mellish and Patrick, didn't I, for last time. I agree. I think it's going to be free too as well. I'm going to go mm. with that. I think it's going to be a free scoring game. Exeter going to have a real good go as well. I think our defence might be a little bit rusty just because of the, the time off potentially. Um, goal scorers, I'll stick with, just stick with it again. I'm going to go with John Mellish. Um, Coyote will get one. And, ooh. Callum Guy, go on. Callum Guy's going to finally get his uh, goal for this season. He, he, he owes us one, I think. I'm sure you uh, say that every week. <laughs> every other week. I try and sort of ease off occasionally. But yeah, it's one of those ones, isn't it? How do, how do you pick? I mean, the, the, I think the starting lineup. Let's presume. Let, let's not try and presume who's missing due to COVID. Your starting lineup, Farman's going to be in goal, isn't he? I don't think you've got any doubts mm. there. You're mm. back four. That's the bit where maybe you've got some decisions to make. I think. Bennett and Hayden definitely start whatever. Mm. Um, I think Anderton will start if he's fit. Mm. I can't see how he wouldn't because um, he's captain. I know that Armour's done well since he's been out, but I think he'll he'll pick his strongest team. The question then is, 
does McDonald play and Hayden move out to right back? Or does Armour play and Hayden stay mm. at centre back alongside Bennett? It's a tough one. What would you mm. go with there? Um, I mean, to be honest, I'd probably. I'm not a fan of uh, square pegs in round holes, but you kind of have to a little bit. Um, and I'd probably go for Armour at right back, to be honest, over uh, Hayden at right back. Even though McDonald has looked all right when he's come in, I just think you want that centre back pairing. Right? You know, I think ideally. in a game like this, I think I'm probably more inclined to agree with you. Um, simply because you're coming up against such a good centre back, uh, centre forward. Sorry, like Ryan Bowman, and obviously he's, he's back up. Um, Jay as well. He's a with Matt Jay. I think is he, he's doing really well from this season. Because um, normally I'm not a massive fan of left backs playing at right back, particularly mm. when they're not that strong on their right foot. I mean, mm. you can get away with some. I mean. We've seen when we had Geffen Jones playing at left back, he looked fine there. He was fairly comfortable on his left foot. He didn't look out of place. Mm. Whereas Armour, I know he's done well when he's played at right back, but I think he's looked much better when he's played at left back so far. Mm. It's one of the ones Hayden looks very comfortable playing at right back. It's, it's a really tough decision, but I think I'd probably agree with you. I think I'd probably drop McDonald down to the bench and put Armour at right back potentially. So you're looking at either one of those two is going to be on the bench, aren't they? You'd think. Yeah. Um, midfield, I think it picks itself if, if they're fit. Mellish, Riley and Guy. That's your yeah, first choice at I the end of the day. So. Um, <clears throat> beyond that, attack. Again, if they're fit, the front three is just the one that's been starting. Patrick, Coyote and Alessandra. Um, yeah. The challenge comes with the subs, doesn't it? So mm. obviously Norman's going to be a sub. Then the question is, do you put two defenders on there in Feeney and McDonald's? Or do you put just one of them on there? And then do you go... I mean, you're going to have charters on there, aren't you? Because you've got to have a, uh, a youth product on there. Yeah. That's one position taken up. Um, what do you do? Do you, put, do you put Furman on as well? I think Josh Dixon will probably miss out. I mean, we're sure of that. Mm. Um, do you put Furman on there as another midfielder? Because then it leaves Possibly. you... Then you've only got two attackers potentially on the bench. Mm. Or do you maybe... you leave out If you leave one of the defenders out, you can put three attackers onto them. Who have you got to pick from? You've got Zanzala, Toure, Toure. Walker, um, Dickinson. D- Dickinson, yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe you leave one of those defenders out and put Dickinson on there, knowing he can play at fullback. Yeah. That's probably your option. And then obviously, but, basically, you, you've got Ched- Kedwin Scott as well. And I, mm. I think Kedwin Scott will miss out. That's my opinion. I think mm. he's maybe just not quite ready. He'll, he'll get his chances in this run of games, I'm sure. But I think... I think you'd have Walker, Toure and Zanzala as your free attacking subs, probably. Yeah. I mean, Beach seemed to be indicating the other day that we want to be using the sort of the five subs that you're allowed now, obviously. Um, we won't and... have any choice in this run. We won't because the players are going to be knackered mm. in games and it's yeah, going to be exactly. useful at times to potentially maybe bring two players on at half-time mm. and, and make things a bit easier for them. Then you've got free sub-options. Yeah, exactly. obviously you've got to do it in your tranches, haven't you? Basically, if you don't make yeah. subs at half time, you can only do the five subs in three separate sub tranches. So, yeah, yeah, that's the key to it, isn't it? So, yeah, mm. it'll be interesting to see how, what Beach does. We don't know the players are out. That's that's the other issue as well. I mean, if one of your defenders is out, then that, that makes your decision for you in terms of those bits, mm. doesn't it? So, mm. so you never know. You never know. Um, so I think that's covered the exit stuff. Um, we'll take a little break now, actually. We'll and we'll we'll come back in a second. And what we'll do is then we'll we'll run through the uh, the stuff to do with the forest screen game. So we'll be back in just a second. Yeah. 
everyone we're back uh, it's time for part two now so we're going to review the the next of the uh, double headers against the southwest teams at brunton park um it's forest green rovers uh we play them on next tuesday night the second of february six o'clock kickoff this is a weird one isn't it mm. <laughs> we've got some very i think someone posted on twitter we've got a weird run of uh, kickoff times coming up we've got six o'clock half six seven p.m and then uh the tramway game is still down at the moment as being quarter to eight i imagine I imagine that one will change. Not 100%. Yeah, you'd think so. You'd think that the, the likelihood is that that one will switch soon. Um, mm. So, yeah, against Forest Green Rovers, the referee is Declan Bourne. He's never refed a Man United, uh, Man United, Carl United game before. Um, it's his first season as an EFL ref, and he still hasn't handed out a red card. <laughs> I've said it. I've done it. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely nailed on now. Yeah. Thank you. I'll, I'll, I'll take the hit on that one. Um <laughs> Red cards always make games more entertaining, I think, anyway. So there you go. Yeah, well, I think our lads will be out. Well, I oh know. I was thinking we're still on about the Exeter game, ignore me. I was <laughs> going to say, our lads will be out to get that lad in the Exeter game who were uh, stamped on Gimme, but this yeah. isn't the Exeter game we're on about, so whatever. No, it's not. It's the Forest Green game. So <laughs> well done there, Mike. Um, interesting facts about Nailsworth, which is obviously the town that Forest Green Rose is uh, based in. Uh, Fingrill. Um, the music from the hymn. O Little Town of Bethlehem is taken from the song Forest Green, which was collected by Ralph Vaughan Williams in the area in 1903. He's a local composer. That's an interesting fact for you, isn't it, Mike? Um, that is I think so interesting. Fo- I think Forest Green is actually a, a, an area of Nailsworth, and that's who Forest Green is obviously uh, named after as well. Um, three-time Olympic rowing gold medalist Pete Reed grew up in the town of Nailsworth, where Forest Green Rovers are based. Um, he was actually born in Seattle in uh, USA, so he's not British. He's not from the town, but he well, he lives in. The, he grew up in the town, basically. So that's literally the most famous person I could find from Nailsworth. Um, there's a farmers market in the town every fourth Saturday of the month, and they still have a town crier that announces major events. That's it. That, that's my facts. That's all <laughs> I've got. Beyond the football related stuff, that is all that I've got. Well, one thing, and I think you missed it out last time, is it's the highest stadium in the football league. It is. It is indeed. That's that's a, that's mm. a fair point. You, you've been. I've never been Forest Green. It's yeah. one of those ones. It's never quite fallen for me. What what's actually like to go to as a game? Because it always makes me think. Like it, it's weird. Because I said this on the the episode we did before Christmas. It's basically a town about the size of Wigton, isn't it? It's tiny. Yeah, it's absolutely tiny. But it, it's dead weird. So the the ground is like on top of this big hill, but at the bottom of the hill as well, like your pubs are, your chippies, and all the rest of it. And so the but the pub doesn't sell food. Right, but they say it's all right. You can go into the chippy, you can get a fish and chips, and you can bring it into the pub and have it with your pint. So you think, oh, that's that's great. So you, you have your chippy and you have a, about five or six pints before the game, but then you have to walk up what is <laughs> honestly like Mount Everest, full of fish and chips and full of, you know, uh, southwestern cider and just. <laughs> Oh, it's it's hell, honest to God. Like I, it's one of the away games. I've done it once. I've ticked it off, and I, I'm not doing it again. You're gonna have to because I need to go. <laughs> so we're gonna go next time. We're gonna we're gonna hang out with the guys from the Heaven's Devils uh, podcast, hopefully, because they they said if they could come over for a game, hopefully they're gonna try and time it when we play them. Hopefully in League One next season because we're, we're both right up there, aren't we? So oh, yeah, the season yeah. brings it nicely on. Obviously the head to head. 
Um, we're just ahead in this at the moment. Uh, we've won four. Forest Green have won three. Um, and two of the games have been draws. That's in the league. In the cup, we've also won one as well and we've drawn one um, from last season. Um, it was another tight encounter, this one, wasn't it? Um, the, mm. the reverse fixture earlier this, just before Christmas. Um, I, I remember watching this one and it, it just felt, I mean, with the weather and the conditions, it, it was always a feeling of, if one team scores here, that, that'll be it, that's game over. It, there's not going to be another goal mm. in it, I don't think. It was that tight. And the goal that came, it was it was unusual and it was a bit of probably poor defending from Reese Bennett and probably the only bit of poor defending we've seen from him since he joined mm. us. He got just a bit too tight on Jamil Martin. He was able to turn him and almost just like scuff the ball into the net from close range, wasn't he? Mm. It's, and it's one of those games as well where Toure was unlucky not to score again. I think he hit the post twice, didn't he? And, yeah, he fluffed an absolute sitter, I remember, that the keeper sort of saved quite easily. I, I, I remember seeing this one. I, it, it, I don't think it's as much of a sitter as it as it looks. And I don't think the conditions help much in this game in terms of anyone really playing any sort of good football. And hopefully the conditions will be a bit better on Tuesday night uh, for this one, uh, at least. Um, yeah, so Rovers have had a really impressive first half of the season. They've been in the playoff positions bar one week. Pretty much since the fifth game of the campaign. Um, since beating the Blues just before Christmas, their form's actually seen a drop-off, though. Um, uh, but they've managed to jump back into the top three last weekend. Thanks to a 1-0 win over Leighton Orient. This game was moved because we were supposed to play them last weekend. Um, mm. This game was actually moved from their tu- from the Tuesday night so they could play it on a weekend instead. Um, I think we've said this before, we're going to see this happening a little bit more often, aren't we, when games drop out, basically, over weekends mm. and teams have free weekends where couple of teams aren't playing but they are actually affected by coronavirus so mm. been to see that happen a bit more often um they've still not been top of the league though this season which is quite incredible um what they are though they are on a run of 10 consecutive away games where they've scored um so the only two teams who've kept clean sheets against the, uh, for them against them at home i put down late uh, Colchester and Forest Green here so I've messed up basically but I think <laughs> it's, it's it's Colchester and Salford City are the only two teams mm. who've kept clean sheets against them this season at home that's quite an impressive record so they, basically they score goals away from home no, no doubt about mm. that although we do have a habit of ending teams runs so, well, hopefully whether it's a good one. run or a bad run <laughs> Carlisle will end it so we can only yeah. hope we can only hope uh, their manager is Mark Cooper I think we said before, he's one of the longest serving bosses in the league. Um, he's done quite an impressive job getting them into the football league for the first time. Um, he, he was a player for them in the noughties as well, I think. He played a couple of seasons with them. Um, returned to the club in 2016. And in that first season, he got them up via the playoffs, beating Tramir Rovers in the final at Wembley. Um, they've got a reputation of playing some decent football. I think their owner, Dale Vince, he obviously is big on the old ecotricity stuff, isn't he? He's, uh, mm. you're, you're a big fan of that, aren't you, Mike? Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll discuss that shortly. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's. Um, I think he seems to want to encourage them to bring in good young footballers and look to sell them on. And um, that's quite evident this season. I mean, Carl Winchester left them is not so much a young footballer. He's gone to Sunderland. Mm. Um, but Liam Kitchen is a young player they brought through. And... He's gone to Barnsley for a big fee. I think 600000 was talked about. Um, he, he, they seem to you know, bring these young lads in and basically train them up as much as they can. And they look to cash in on the transfer fee. And it's, it's not a bad model to have, really, for a lower league club. Especially one that doesn't get particularly big crowds, is it? Yeah, I, th- I think um, ever since the non-league games, the, the, the days they've always sort of picked up like rejects from the sort of likes of... Uh, they're not a million miles from like Portsmouth, who... 
at that time were very good and both Bristol clubs and you know with with their location very much like us it's hard for them to attract good players but I think they just sort of they attract non-big names make them into good players and and then obviously they move on yeah it's not a bad ball to have and I think we've sort of said it before and we haven't we the they're looking to move to this big new stadium, which is nearer to the M5 motorway, basically. So they'll move out of Nailsworth is the long-term aim. And they want to be more of a, a county club rather than a, a small-town club, don't they? Mm. And attract people in. And that's probably the best way they're going to get bigger crowds because I think they're probably mm. saturated the market in Nailsworth and Stroud and nearby mm. as much as they can. And I think they probably need people who can easily access the ground. So to be coming to the games and, and you know he's, he's a controversial fellow Dale Vince but fair play to him you know he's, he's doing his bit and he's, he's trying to do something a bit different and you see all these football clubs who come in and just throw money at it and whatever but he's trying to build a sustainable football club in all forms basically mm-hmm. um, in terms of on and off the pitch and we mentioned there before Mike uh, you're a big fan of the old uh, eco side of things aren't you? Yeah I drive a hybrid <laughs> never mention it. Yeah, I never uh, mentioned it when we're trying with it. But um, one of our greatest uh, achievements was uh, driving to Northampton, wasn't it? And managing to get it over 60 miles to the gallon on your yeah. hybrid. Living the dream. Living the dream. Um, let's pick out some of the key men there. That's enough of uh, talking about hybrid cars. Um, <laughs> uh, picked out a few key men here. I think, obviously, they lost Kitchen in uh, January, transfer window. Um, he's, he was a key man for them in defence. They replaced him with Bailey Cargill from uh, MK Dons, who by all accounts is a decent player himself and has done pretty well in his opening games for them. Uh, in midfield, they've got Abu Adams, who's always been a, a good player against us, and Odin Bailey's on loan from Birmingham City. I think similar to us with Coyote, they had a few concerns, didn't they, that he was going to go back to Birmingham City in January, but Birmingham said, no, no, he can stay there and mm. carry on his loan. And he looked quite impressive, I think, in the, yeah, the game. Yeah, he really did. I like the look of him and up front mm. Jamil Matt is always going to get you goals isn't he at this level mm. big strong target man and mm. a bit older than the rest of the squad he's more a you know, player to had a bit of experience in there and he's he's certainly doing that for them this season um, mm. no ex-players in their squad either let's quickly do predictions then for this one I, again I, I think while I think the Exeter game is going to be an open one I think this one will be a lot tight I think the two very evenly matched teams and it'll be similar to the game down there in my opinion I'm going to go for a a 1-0 win to United. I think it's either 1-0 win or 1-1 draw. I'm sort of struggling between the two, but I'm going to be positive and go for a 1-0 win. And I think we'll see a goal from Ethan Walker coming on as a sub. Yeah, well, see, I was going to go for 1-1 draw. So you're sort of of the same mindset as me, to be honest. I think the players might be a little bit tired after the uh, Exeter game. But I'll go for uh, Taylor Charters to score. Why not? Okay, you reckon he's going to come on as a sub maybe or maybe if Melly's yeah. not fully fit? Yeah, maybe. I'll have to wait and see with that one. Um, okay, that's the preview stuff done. So let's move on now to the um, X-Files stuff. There's not, not a huge amount to cover again here today. Um, as usual, we've been compiling this in our WhatsApp group. Um, Dan very diligently keeps an eye on the video printer and sees who's uh, scoring goals across the leagues. Um, goals this week. Kyle Dempsey scored for Gillingham. Seems to be doing fairly well for them this season. I think he's their captain, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's real. brought in as like the main man. Yeah, I think he's he's got. A, I think he built up a quite a decent relationship with Steve Evans when he was on loan at Peterborough, and I think Evans. Not many players do that. Well, you say that. I think a lot. Of, <laughs> it's kind of a weird one, isn't it? When when you play against him, I think a lot of players hate him, and he's just you mm. know because it's got gnarly characters. But 
people who've played for him talk quite positively about him and working with him, I think. So he's, a, he's one of those ones, I don't think I'd like him managing my club, personally, mm. but he seems to do well wherever he goes, so fair play to him. Um, other goal scorers, Cole Stockton, getting Morecambe into the top three. Um, he's, he's absolutely flying this season, isn't he? It doesn't mm. look like the play we had, <laughs> to tell you that no. much. Um, mm. So yeah, he's doing pretty well. Ryan Loft as well, doing very well at Scunthorpe. He got a brace in midweek. He was in uh, Team of the Week as well, wasn't he? He was in Team of the Week. Well, that's because there's no Carl players playing. Around, <laughs> yeah. so it's easy for anyone to get in there right now. Yeah. Um, does the you know does the day in and the why? Yes, well, Jerry Yates scored, hasn't he? Mm. Um, another goal for Blackpool. Charlie White similar scoring another goal for Sunderland. I think they beat Ipswich in midweek, didn't they? They're doing really well this I, season. I think White has like five in his last three for Sunderland or something ridiculous. He, he is flying this season. Yeah, yeah. We said this before. He's a confidence player, isn't he? Once he gets goals. Mm. He just can't stop scoring them. Mm. Um, and uh, one, one at the left field here, one we haven't heard for a while. Sean McGinty scored for Greedick Morton in midweek. So there you go. There's a there's a name, a uh, blast from the past. Mm. Mr. One Minute Wonder. Literally played <laughs> one minute of football for Cal United. Shortest mm. Cal United career ever. Um, transfers. Um, one we forgot to mention actually last weekend. Uh, Nicky Adams has left uh, Northampton mm. Town. Uh Got himself another move. He's joined Oldham Athletic. I, I don't think he'd played for Oldham before he joined them, had he? Because so I think he's actually completed the the holy trinity of uh, northwest, uh, northern Manchester sides, hasn't he? Yeah, I think so. Um, but I think they played him at right back the other day. Yeah, I've noticed that because I was watching. Cause I watched the lineups on the thing, and I think they've got some good wingers there already. And I think with his age mm. and that, I think they think he can actually do a decent job playing at, uh, at fullback now. But yeah, mm. yeah, it's the first time. I just double check there. It is the first time he's played for Oldham, so he's mm. he's played for pretty much every Northwest Manchester club you can get. You have got mm. Berry, Rochdale, and Oldham, and uh, yeah, he loves well. a signing on fee. He bloody does, doesn't he? He <laughs> loves his moves, doesn't he? He's played for a fair few clubs down the years. Mm. I mean, you look at this, I mean, he's moved pretty much every year for a couple of, days out, every couple of years at least mm. for a long time now. Um, so yeah, we missed that one. Andy Cook is on the move. He's left Mansfield to join um, Bradford City on loan till the end of the season. Um, he's just not quite settled in the Football League yet, has he? He's done so mm. well at non-league level, but he's done okay, but he's not done as well, I think, as anyone expected. Um Interestingly, he's joined, uh, I think it's Danny Rose gone there, hasn't he, from Oldham. He's joined mm. uh, Bradford. I've never been that impressed with him, but the Oldham fans seem to be absolutely furious that they've let him go. Interesting well, move, that one. Well, neither of them, Rowe or Cook, do a lot of running for the team. And no, they're not. Bradford not... are at the wrong end of the table, and you're thinking, is that really this kind of strike partnership that'll pull you away from that? Possibly not, but the, hey, Bradford are flying and they're one of the one of the form teams in the division. Well, so that's true. Yeah, maybe they think that, maybe they do. And the, the last bit of news is uh, it's not happened yet, but it, it seems to be on the verge of uh, being completed. Uh, Sam Cosgrove is about to complete a move to Birmingham City by the look of things. Suggested fees around about two million pounds, and despite what Derek uh, McInnes claims, we have got a sell-on clause in this one. Mm. Um, various talks about what it is, but the suggestion seems to be it's least at least twenty percent. So yeah. it's between 20-30%. And I know that from what we can gather is the way salon clauses work now, you don't have to wait for all the add-ons to happen now. Basically, you get your salon clause from that initial fee, basically. So even if the the original fee is something like £1 million and then they get another half a million in six months, another half a million in six months after that, we'll get our chunk from that initial fee, basically, the full chunk. Mm. So if it's 20%, then 40%, uh, sorry, 400 grand. 
Mm. Not to be sniffed at, is it, really? No, exactly. I mean, in this day and age, it's... it's we a, love it's, salon closes. We absolutely do love them, <laughs> don't we? But there you go. Okay, Mike, um, that's the X-Files rounded up. So let's move on to the uh, the quiz question now that we asked at the start of the show. So yeah. I want you to name as many of the 16 different players, um, ex-Cal United players or managers who've played in a League Cup final since 1990. So right. get, get well, yourself going. Uh, Graham Kavanagh. That's one. Yes, you've got one there. Yeah, I want to say Pascal Chimbonda. Pascal Chimbonda is correct twice. Yeah. He played for Wigan Athletic in yeah. 2006, the same final as Graham Kavanagh, and also for Spurs too late in 2008. Yeah, I want to say Matt Janssen. Matt Janssen is correct. He won it in 2002 with Blackburn Rovers. Yeah. Um, now, th- this is a bit of a stab in the dark because I know that he played sort of around the top level, but Michael Bridges... Is incorrect. Michael Bridges never yeah. played. Le- Leeds struggled to make finals for anything for quite a long time. So, mm. no, sadly not. Yeah. So, so far, let me just double check this before we go any further because I'll make sure you got them. So, you've got Cav, um, Pascal Chimponde. Who else? Uh, um, Janssen? Yeah. Is that all you've got so far? I think, is That's it? all I've got so far. I, I'm, I'm really struggling. I'm, I'm guessing someone like. Because uh, I'm trying to think of. The teams that have been in the League Cup final more recently, and I think you're sort of halfway there then. Um, no, I'll I'm get, at a loss. I'll, I'll start giving you some clues. So, um, the two most recent ones involved teams that weren't in the Premier League when they got to the final, and one of them was actually in League Two. Uh, so, Bradford City. Were they yes. in the final? Yeah. Um, and at that time. Who did they have that used to play for us? Um, when I say play for us, the only, I'll give you a clue. He only played a couple of games. Oh, <laughs> I haven't got a clue. God, you can't tell this one. Someone who, who, who fans constantly berate the fact that we let him go. Um, that's quite a few players, to, to be fair. One that Greg Abbott let go. Well, again, that's kind oh, of Naki Wells. Naki Wells. Naki Wells. There yeah. you go. So Naki Wells in 2013 with, Bra- yeah. with Bradford City. The year before. A non-Premier League side made it to the final. Um, give you another clue. A non-English side. A non-English... Ah, Danny non- Graham. No, no, not, not Danny oh. Graham. Uh, not, you've got the wrong uh, Welsh side, basically. Okay. So it's Cardiff City, basically, is the club in 2012. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think who played for us that played for Cardiff. Um, oh, uh, Gary Medine. Nope. Oh, um, this, is tw- this is 2012. We're going back yeah, nine going years back here. Quite a few years now. Um, I haven't got a clue. Um, okay, he's a centre back. He played for us a couple of seasons ago. No. He's got no. a more famous cousin. No, no idea. Oh, God, I can't believe you're not getting. <laughs> All right, he got into a fight with a steward at Berry a couple of oh, seasons ago. Oh, oh. Um... Anthony Gerrard. Anthony Gerrard. You missed a penalty in the final for Cardiff City that season. A big deal was made of it because they were against Liverpool, weren't they? And is it playing against said famous cousin? He was indeed, yeah. And like I said, yeah. missed, missed a penalty in the final as well. So there mm. you go. Um, okay. Uh, let me see. I'm trying to give you more clues here. Okay. Right. I want to say played. A couple of them as well were unused subs. I should, should say they were in the lineup, so uh, that that I should I should have said there. So only only, only only some of them, though, not many of them. So um, okay, let's get let's go with another one. Um, 
Okay, two of them are goalkeepers. Um, I'll give you a clue. One was in 2009 for Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, is it Anik? He was Ben Anik, yes. He was yeah. an unused sub that day. Well done. Um, okay, uh, the next one, um, 2005 for Chelsea. Oh, uh, Lenny Pidgeley, of course. Lenny Pidgeley, indeed. There you go. Okay, well, I'm going back in time over my clues here so to make it a little bit easier. Okay, uh, I think we've well, we've covered the ones going back to Janssen in 2002 now. Um, so the next one up. Now, there's two here. One of them technically shouldn't count. <laughs> it's a bit of a funny <laughs> one. I've put it in as a joke almost. Um, okay. Uh, it was when Birmingham City made the final in 2001. I mean, they lost to Liverpool in the final this year. Um, one of them was a winger. And he was signed by Roddy Collins, I think, just a couple of years later, actually. Ooh. Um, no, I'm struggling. Uh, oh, hang on. It's not Brendan McGill, is it? No, Brendan McGill no. isn't. He was at Sunderland. He yeah. was uh, more, more, much older than that. He was a... Uh, I'm trying to think of a good clue you can give it. Roddy Collins famously for, didn't realise he'd been sent off in a game. I am at a loss. He's a Northern Irish international, he was. No. John no, McCarthy is the answer. Uh, okay. John McCarthy, he was sent off away at uh, Bristol Rovers. And uh, it wasn't until 20 minutes later that, um, oh, I think it was like 20 minutes after the game, that Collins realised that he had actually been sent off in the game because the dugouts are on the far side mm. from where the uh, tunnel was. And he'd basically gone straight down the tunnel and he sent off. And it was, I think John Cunningham had to point out to him because he was saying, like, he's saying, McCarthy's done sod all in this last 20 minutes. Like, <laughs> that's because he's been sent off. Or something like that, anyway. Um, okay, so that's that one. The other was another Birmingham City player who played in this final. Um, okay, this this is the joke one. Um, he's not a player and he's not a manager, but he has an involvement at the club. So he's some kind of coach or something. Is it Dennis Booth? No. No. Um, he currently has some sort of involvement in the club. Like, okay. Um, oh, uh it's not Chris Beach, is it? No, not not a uh, manager or a coach. <laughs> that, that should have given it away telling you that. <laughs> not really. <laughs> That's our favourite turtleneck wearing oh, director of football. Course. David, David Holdsworth was an unused sub in that final. Yeah. Um, that, that one doesn't count really. So if you're playing along at home and you want to say this in your WhatsApp group, you mates, don't include that one. Cause he's, <laughs> he's not coached or played for us, so he doesn't really count. I just threw that yeah. one in for a bit of fun. The next one... Um, Okay, this was in 2000. Tramway Rovers was the club he played for. Um, in 2000. Uh, and no. uh, to, to, give it, to give it away, probably, it, it wasn't that long ago that he played for us. <laughs> like three years ago. Oh, so, oh, Cole, no. I was going to say Cole Stockton. No, no, no way. He was no. probably wearing nappies at that time. Yeah, I'll give, um, you, I'll give you, do you want me to give you a really obvious clue that I'll give it away? Go on. Train cans. This man is a uh, big fan of train cans. Clint Hill. Clint Hill is the answer, yes. The man yeah. who uh, loved the can on the way back from games uh, on the train. What a guy. Okay, uh, next up. Now, this one, uh, he played in three different finals for two different clubs. Um, he played in 98 and 97 for Middlesbrough and in 1991 for Sheffield Wednesday. Ooh, we're going back some years now. Um 
No. Um, yeah. I mean, to give it away, he wasn't a player. Okay. Um, Sheffield Wednesday and Middlesbrough. No, not a clue. So I'm guessing it's um Oh, it's not John Sheridan, is it? Well, no. John Sheridan is one of the other answers. So you've got an, you've gone ahead oh, okay. there for so one of the next ones. But um, yeah, no. The uh, the but I'll give you another clue. This man has uh, once fought off a pack of wild dogs with his own fists. Ah, uh, Nigel Media. Pearson. Yes, Nigel Pearson. Played in three different finals in 98, 97, and in 1991. Never won it, though, I don't think. I think they lost all three finals he played in. So there you go. Uh, so uh, Nigel Clinton Hill and Nigel Pearson we've just done there. Um, next up, you'll probably struggle to this one, get this one because I think it was before you started going to watch games. Uh, but for people at home, we'll, we'll give the clue and see if they can try and get it. Um, this was for Bolton Wanderers in 1995. Famously, it was against Liverpool uh, they played against them. Um, Carl United against... Birmingham City in the Ottawa Windscreen Shield final got a bigger attendance than this game that <laughs> season. So there you go. So he played for Bolton Wanderers in 1995. He played for us. He only played maybe about 10 games for us in 2000, 2001 season under Ian Atkins. No idea. David Lee. Tricky little winger, yeah. David Lee. Before your time of watching, I think. So yeah. there you go. So David Lee was the next one. Uh, the next one again, before your time of watching, but you might get this. Um... Aston Villa, nineteen ninety four. This guy played for them. He's big centre back. It's not Dino, is it? No, it's not Dino. God no. Uh, <laughs> they play at that level. Um, I think he played for us in about ninety nine two thousand under Martin Wilkinson. Came in towards the end of the season. It was a big big part of the fact that we just about stayed up that season. He's from round about your way, actually. I think no he's idea. from Bursco way. I think he managed Southport for a short while as well. The answer is Sean Teal. The answer uh. that one. Um, Next up, um, in nineteen ninety three, two Sheffield Wednesday players played um, in the final. Who then went to play for Carlisle? One of them you've already mentioned, John Sheridan. He also played for Sheffield Wednesday in nineteen ninety one. Um, but this player, he actually played for Sheffield Wednesday in nineteen ninety three and Oldham Athletic in nineteen ninety in the final. Uh, no, Sheffield Wednesday. So he, he played for us. He did, wasn't a coach. He played for us, and he only played one game for us. He's one of the one game wonders. Okay, um, haven't got a clue then. Uh, famously, he plays in quite a few different positions. He was a bit of a utility player as a player. He also no. played for Blackburn Rovers. I think he won the Premier League with Blackburn Rovers, actually. No, no I have absolutely no idea. Paul Simpson signed him. Oh, um, uh, hmm. And the game he played for us, he played, famously played a game in a shirt that wasn't worn that often, the red and black one. Away at Macclesfield. Yeah. So it's that that year that we went down then? Uh, um, I think it was, yeah. Yeah. Um, no. Big, no. There was idea. big expectations when we signed him because he was a quite high up player. Your mind's gone blank, hasn't it? Yeah. Paul Warhurst. So- uh, okay. Yeah. Paul Warhurst famously played that one game. As you mentioned there, Sheridan played uh, in 93 and 91 and Pearson played in 91. I'm not even going to bother trying to give you guesses this one because this one's a long time ago. This <laughs> one also in 1991 with Sheffield Wednesday. Peter Shirtliff played in that final, who we had on loan, I think, in the mid 90s. And also, you mentioned Paul Warhurst there, uh, played in um, 1990. So, full list for anyone who's playing along at home uh, Naki Wells in 2013 for Bradford City, Anthony Gerrard in uh, 2012 for Cardiff City, 
Ben Anik in 2009 for Tottenham Hotspur. Pascal Chembonda in 2008 and 2006 for Tottenham Hotspur and Wigan Athletic. Uh, Graham Kavanagh in 2006 also for Wigan Athletic. Lenny Pidgeley uh, in 2005 for Chelsea. Matt Janssen, who obviously won it with Blackburn Rovers in 2002. John McCarthy, and if you want to include him, David Holsworth in 2001 for Birmingham City. Uh, in 2000 for Tranmere Rovers, Clint Hill. Uh, Nigel Pearson did it three times in 1998 and 1997 for Middlesbrough and in 1991 for Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, David Lee for Bolton Wanderers in 1995. Sean Teal for Aston Villa in 1994. Paul Warhurst did it twice for Sheffield Wednesday in 1993 and Oldham Athletic in 1990. John Sheridan did it twice also for uh, Sheffield Wednesday in 1993 and 1991. And Peter Shirtliff, obviously alongside Nigel Pearson in 1991 for Sheffield Wednesday. If people really want to go back, and there's another six in the finals before 99, but these were so obscure, I didn't think people would get them. <laughs> but um, basically, the other ones are Andy Dibble for Luton Town in 1998, Gary Bennett for Sunderland in 1985, Derek Mountfield for Everton in 1984, Tommy Craig for Newcastle United in 1976, Brian Tyler for Aston Villa in 1971, and Stan Harland for Swindon Town in 1969. So that's the full list. So if you want to, in your little WhatsApp groups with your mates and stuff, you want to do the quiz with anyone, uh, knock yourselves out and have a go at that one. Um, there you go, Mike. A bit of an epic one, that quiz. I'll try, I'll try mm. and find a little shorter one next time. I like doing those ones because, you know, everyone can have a little guess of them, can't they, at home? It's always a good bit of fun. Um, once again, thanks for joining me. Really do appreciate taking a bit of time mm. out uh, on a Friday to join for this one. Hope for, let, let's just hope there's a game this weekend, eh? <laughs> Yeah. Just, that's just we're just hoping for that one um, in terms of the specials obviously we're not going to do a preview for the Forest Green because we've already covered that one we'll be doing an episode towards the end of next week um, we'll be putting the kit special pre, uh, sorry kit special episode out uh, on Monday I think hopefully next week so that's a nice one you can listen to before the Forest Green game if you want a bit more listening um, we're also going to be doing an interview with one of the current playing squad uh, next week on Wednesday. We'll be putting that one out the week after, hopefully. Um, we're not going to tell you is we're just going to let you know once it's uh, finally uh, done and in the bag um, and then published. Um, so yeah, if you've got any comments or feedback, anything you'd like to suggest we discuss, please send them in via Twitter to at Brunton Bugle or by email to bruntonbugle at gmail.com or you can find us all three of us on the Be Just and Fear Not Facebook group. Um, if you haven't already, please remember you can subscribe to the podcast via all good podcast apps, including ACAST, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Uh, please do also give us a review. We really appreciate the excellent feedback we've had so far. Had a look at the World Bapper listeners before, Mike. There's no new countries on there. Uh, I mean, if you know anyone who's a Cal United fan and you're listening, and you know they live in some obscure country or they live somewhere in Europe or they live, you know, wherever, please do tell them about this. I think it's a great way for fans across the world to keep in contact with the club and, you know, find out what's going on and we're always welcome their you know emails and telling us how they follow mm. the club from abroad it's always really interesting for us um but yeah that's it like i said there we'll have a, an episode out towards the end of next week i don't know who it'll be with it'll be might, might be both of you maybe mike and dan might be just one of them we'll we'll have to wait and see won't we there mm-hmm. you go. mike thanks for joining me really do appreciate it uh thanks everyone for listening and up the blues <laughs>